You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Welcome back to Sprott Money News. It's Friday, August the 19th. It is time again for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us again this morning is the man himself, Eric Sprott. Eric, happy Friday. Hey, Craig. Happy to be here. Uh, kind of a nondescript week so far, but uh, lots of things go away nonetheless. Well, to that end, uh, we're down here this morning. But last check, gold was thirteen forty four. It closed last Friday at thirteen forty three. So uh, it doesn't never feels good to have it down on Friday. But nonetheless, we're about unchanged on the week, nondescript as you said. Well, you know, Craig, I think we were in this situation last week too when it was down early, but then it rallied up. So Fridays are a little different than they used to be. You know, it used to almost be a guaranteed down day. I think now that you know the traders realize well we got the weekend to deal with here and no god knows what can happen on a weekend these days and of course you got asia opening up which is the real buyer of gold so we'll see where it ends up when um, when the final count comes in at the end of the day you know it gets, leads me to a, a, an initial question eric i we were discussing on my site yesterday the idea that there's so much uh general analysis out there that's noticing the cot report that you and i've talked about all year long and people saying it's at historic extremes and gold's about to get crashed and everything. But it seems as if there is really some long-term high net worth institutional money that's looking for gold and gold-related exposure at this point that seems to want to hang in there rather than get scared out by the banks. Well, I think there's no doubt about that. And uh, what we saw initially was uh, the smarter guys moving in, you know, whether it's the Soros and Druckenmillers and the Paul Singers and the Grunlachs. I mean, these are high-quality, uh, best-in-class investors going there, not recently, but a while ago. And, of course, having had the kind of uh, first half we've had in the uh, precious metals in terms of percentage increases and, of course, the stocks, now the mainstream people are looking to consider because they've seen all the, the smart guys go in. Like, what are we doing here, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think for sure that... Uh, there's a huge amount of momentum here by mainstream institutional investors, insurance companies to get into an asset that is not going to cost you money at the end of the day like negative interest rates would do. Um, so, yeah, I, you can see the uh, the groundswell happening here. I guess the biggest news of the week, we didn't have a lot of economic data, but we did have the release back on Wednesday of the minutes from the FOMC meeting three weeks ago. Now, why it takes three weeks for some uh, Fed clerk to transcribe the minutes, I have no idea. Uh, but everybody's now worried about a rate hike in September. My question is, one, would you, are you, do you think there's a rate hike coming in September? And two, shouldn't we almost be pulling one since gold's up $300 since the first time they hiked rates? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, first of all, I believe that uh, sort of all these things that come out of the Fed are kind of orchestration, okay? It's all orchestrated to make people try to react in a certain way. And, of course, the certain way they want them to react is, one, to think everything's great, two, to want to keep putting their money into stocks, and then, thirdly, to make sure the banking system is whole. And I believe the whole rate uh, reduction thing, of course, was was meant to help banks, that maybe they could open up their spreads as, as uh as rates go down, of course, they've already got things on their books at higher rates of return. And, of course, it helps their profits. And, of course, it helps their profits because they own the bonds, too. Imagine how much money has been made by banks owning bonds yeah. since interest rates went from 15% prime rate down to zero. I mean, it's been staggering amounts of money. 
So I kind of look at the the uh, the FOMC statements as as a grist to the mill, if you will. You know, get them thinking a certain way. And uh, of course, as you you and I both know, and many other people, you got to do your own independent thinking here and your own analysis of of where the economy is, and and it's it's not strong at all. To that end, uh, we the economic data this week there wasn't much, but it was generally lousy across the board. And I know you keep your eye on things around the world. Uh, some of the, the the status of healthcare in the U.S. with the Obamacare regulations, uh, things going on in Japan. You, what are, you, I'm sure you have some comments on that. Sure. Well, I thought the most stunning data point. I mean, I could hardly believe I was reading these numbers. That I, this must be for the month of July. That the exports in Japan were down 14 percent. Think of cars and televisions and whatever you want, okay, down 14%. And the imports were down 24%. Wow. Now, you you start talking numbers like this. I mean, you're talking, you're talking depression, man. Those are weak, weak numbers. And this, by the way, is the country that invented money printing. Right. And they've been doing it since 1990, all to no effect. Imagine where the GDP of, of Japan must be with... If you used imports and or exports as your bogey for economic transactions, I mean, down 14%, down 24%, that is staggeringly uh, weak numbers. And also, you know, even in the U.S., I mean, there's a lot, some of the better proxies for activity are physical things like car loading, ship loadings, um, even the, the the whole Obamacare thing with all these companies dropping out of Obamacare because they can't make any money, and the ones who are staying in raising rates by twenty percent, we already know that the average American spends close to twenty percent on health care. Just try sticking a twenty percent increase on something that costs you twenty already. That's a four percent increase in inflation. Because believe me, you won't be getting any better uh, health care service out of it. So it's going to continue to suck this U.S. economy because the diversion of money to healthcare is has become totally extreme. Yeah, and the regulations that just get keep getting piled on are killing small businesses too, and it's hard to see how it's ever going to really come back. Uh, to that end, interest continues to grow in gold, recognizing that things aren't getting better and things aren't changing. Uh, you mentioned that you noticed that uh, quite a few generalist technicians are noticing the chart pattern in gold and how that can also drive uh, more and more interest in our friendly metal. Yeah, it's been a big sea change there. And then I go back to uh, a Michael Belkin interview that was done about eight months ago. He was a, a technician I'd been aware of for you know, 25 years, and he's a generalist. And all of a sudden he came and said, well, there's only going to be one thing in the work, and that's going to be uh, gold and, and, and precious metal shares. Uh, and this is before the big rally. In fact, he played the rally in Australia. And I thought, now that's rather interesting that generalists would go be that convinced. And not just that he's convinced, it's the degree of where they're going to go. Throwing out things like, well, they could go up 500 to 1,000%. And the same gentleman, when he was interviewed about two weeks ago, made the comment, we're in the first or second inning. Well, we're, as you know, we're already up about 150% in some of these gold stock indices. Well, if it's only the first or second inning, we have a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, there's another uh, technician that most people wouldn't be aware of. He, he happens to work at Sprott Asset Management. He's a generalist. I worked with him for many years. He never liked gold. And then finally, about eight months ago, he turned on the switch. And he just, man, this gold thing's going to go. And again, big targets. We're not talking little targets here. We're talking big targets. And I find that when these generalists 
come around to um, uh, getting specifically into an, a very aggressive recommendation on gold. That's that's more than we can ask for. Like you know, it's gold gurus or silver gurus. I mean, we we've liked it all the way. We we think the price has been suppressed. Well, when those technicians see the turn coming and the fact that maybe the suppression is going to end, that's a very powerful sign for all of us. I would say so. Uh, you know, another interesting news item, I guess, if you will, that came out this week was the uh, notification that the Swiss National Bank has been accumulating mining shares here in 2016. They don't like gold anymore. They've leased out and sold all their gold in Switzerland, but they're buying mining shares trying to get alpha on their hedge fund that they run, apparently. Uh, they still believe and obviously are big believers in the shares, and I believe uh, you are uh, a strong believer here in the shares as well. Sure. Correct? Well, I've been very busy in the last uh, year and a half buying uh, either directly mining investments or through uh, through shares. As you know, I bought one company out of bankruptcy, and um, uh, even this week, I put out uh, offers on uh, buying a small silver company where I would take control of it. Um, I put out an offer to buy a ten or twelve percent position in another company that I don't think it's it's come to fruition yet, but. Uh, I think what it suggests to me, and uh, hopefully you, our listeners would agree, there's still opportunities out there. Like my thesis has always been you, you try to steal value, if you will. And um, there's still lots of things that are, are not uh, followed closely, you know, where there's no analyst following something, or the guys had some great drill results for a number of years. But, of course, when he put them out in 14 and 15, nobody cared. Right. But now all of a sudden people do care. And if you can go back and, and find those things, um, see a, a, a big opportunity. Like, I would never buy a, a gold or silver uh, stock to think it was only going to go up 100%. I mean, you got to have found something with uh, with a lot of torque to it. So I think the opportunities are still there uh, in the precious metal stocks. And imagine, and I'm not even assuming that the price of gold goes up. Imagine what, what the real opportunity would be if gold goes to 1500 1600 my goodness, everyone's earnings would double immediately. So it would be it would be a feeding frenzy, and I think their friends, uh, the generalist uh, technicians, would be absolutely correct that we will get these 500 2,000% moves yeah. off the bottom. Yeah. Uh, lastly, Eric, as we round the corner into the back half of August, traditionally kind of a slow time, people on vacation, you know, before the kids go back to school and all that kind of jazz. We are facing, though, the expiration of the front month September silver contract. It's going to go off the board at the end of the month, but maybe even more importantly, next Thursday brings about option expiration. Silver's down this morning. Uh, what would you expect knowing that option expiration is coming next week? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny. I think everything in the precious metals is all about silver these days, okay? Because let's face it, the commercials are so short silver yeah. in such gargantuan portions re relative to physical supply. That the bigger concern is silver here, and I find it instructive today that gold's now one percent, silver's down two and a half, and and silver's been weaker than gold. And of course, that's where the big uh, negative positions and losses are. So, and it's never a fun time having to go into options expiry because we know that's what the pros try to do: get it down to where everyone loses money on their options. Yep. So yeah, it could be could be kind of weak uh, out to next Thursday or Wednesday, uh, but you know we're not in this but a short run anyway, right? I mean, think of the gains that have been made already. If you just go back seven months, stocks up 150%, silver up whatever the number is, 40 or 
like we don't need to look at one day to the next day and what the what the commercials are doing and options expire. It's just where where are we going to be in the longer run here? And with these ridiculous uh, central planner policies of zero and negative interest rates and printing money and maybe helicopter money, everybody knows they got to be in gold and silver. And that's really this will be the story of this year, next year, and the year after. Yep, every sell-off this year, any mini correction has been met with just more and more buying. Uh, I would imagine you would expect the same thing here if it comes. Exactly. I mean, well, first of all, it's an opportunity for lots of people to get in who who haven't gotten in. I mean, most institutions are not in this game yet, so there's a lot of buying sitting on the sidelines here, looking for that opportunity. Eric, we'll see what happens next. It's always a pleasure to visit with you. At this point, I think we'll wrap and uh, wish you a uh, happy weekend. Hey, Craig, all the best to you, too. Look forward to speaking to you next Friday. And from everybody here at Sprott Money News, thanks for listening and have a great weekend.